Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Welcome back into another edition of the Long Con here on the Blue Room. I'm your host, Rob Vera. Joined this month and what is quickly becoming kind of a monthly guest rotation sort of thing. But as you guys know, at the Blue Room, we kind of just make it all, make all this shit up as we go along anyway. Uh, I am joined by Joe Wirtz. Uh, Joe is a, Joe's really one of the very best friends in my entire life. That's right. Uh, but he's, he's also, he's also many other things. Uh, he is, a reporter um he's currently if if i i want to make sure i get this right get it right joe you're the environmental uh you're the environmental and climate editor at colorado public radio yes am i correct that's it new relatively new job for me so um new new post and uh new new home city Nice. And for those of you, uh, those of you who are listening here in America, you may or may not recognize Joe's voice from, uh, God, you've been on uh, All Things Considered a a ton of times uh, talking about uh, uh, any any kind of reporting or news having to do with climate change and and a variety of other things. But I really just primarily enjoy talking, uh, talking, uh, I don't know, subreddit uh rabbit holes and uh weird 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 subculture shit and music and yeah. uh well any and, chance uh, and, and 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 english premier league with joe any chance <laughs> to talk about a different type of existential doom and dread i'm looking forward to so i i yeah. think uh any spurs or everton talk is probably squarely uh, in the uh existential uh navel gazing what does it all mean uh, kind of thinking so I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you uh yeah and it's good to see a, you i haven't seen you in a, in a long time well thanks buddy yeah it's it's been too long and you know insert your own 
can't wait to see you and hug you again, buddy. Uh, (laughs) Just uh, qualifiers here. It's all true. Uh, Yeah, Joe, we'll, we'll definitely get, get to talking at some point uh, here in the program about the weird, unique sort of self-inflicted dread that comes with supporting these two clubs in particular. That's right. I mean, you know, depending on, uh, you know, depending on when you catch me, I probably wouldn't have felt too much sympathy uh, for, for anyone supporting Spurs. But I also understand though, that Spurs have their own particular brand of misery that I I shouldn't totally discount either. (laughs) Yeah. It's probably a a same, uh, same flavor of uh, disappointment, but uh, certainly a, a distinct taste uh, of, of bitterness, uh, for sure. But, um, yeah, we, we could talk about that or talk about whatever you want. All right. Well, the reason I've got Joe on, uh, as you guys can probably surmise, uh, I took, I took the opportunity to bring Joe on because we have got a very substantial game, a game of consequence coming up on Wednesday night at Goodison park, uh, Everton versus Spurs in the fifth round of the FA cup. It is part of a, kind of maddeningly or annoyingly congested con- congested rather uh, period of fixtures for Everton really for everyone I think COVID's wreaked a lot of havoc on the league uh, but Everton had a, a, a game with City that was postponed that has now been inserted right in between uh, you know right in the middle of their their schedule uh, in the next couple of weeks so you've got you know Everton have got Spurs uh, on Wednesday Fulham on Sunday and then have to play um, Manchester City on the following Wednesday, and then Saturday against Liverpool. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be a bit of a gauntlet. And I thought, well, this would be a great chance to talk about Spurs and talk about the kind of uniqueness of this particular game, just because it falls in the middle of a lot of league fixture conjecture. Uh, con- I keep wanting to say mm-hmm. congestion or something like that, which is not a word. Congestion. Um, but it's also the first time, I don't know, it, it, it's one of those things where we're normally out of the FA Cup uh, after some League One crap team beats us in the third round. Yeah, so right. I guess I'm complaining about being further in the FA Cup. Um, I brought Joe on just to kind of take a temp- take the temperature of, of how he's feeling about Spurs these days. Uh, I'm sure we'll exchange thoughts on kind of where where we feel like our respective sides are right now but Joe I'm going to start with one of the maybe more obvious questions um that I think I, I think has to be asked because I, I before we get into the specifics of this of I don't want to get into X's and O's I'm not really sports guy in that regard right. but yeah, I, I do want to I do want to start with the basics with you because um as an American whose audience is about 90 to 95% people from the UK, uh, I think the most frequent question I get asked about in regards to my uh, support of Everton is a, why, (laughs) but B. Yeah. Why pick uh, Everton? Yeah. Yeah. Why pick Everton? So I want (laughs) to ask you the same thing about Spurs, but also just kind of how, uh, how you got into what, you know, the premier league Mm. and uh, so on and so forth. And, and what is it kind of, uh, you know, how, how long have you been doing it and all those relevant and pertinent sort of questions. So uh, Premier League and, 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 and Spurs specifically came onto my radar um, 
it's kind of a weird <laughs> it's kind of a weird story. So I grew up um, not watching American football, not watching a lot of team sports. Um, I grew up playing tennis. Uh, my dad played tennis. We watched, you know, that was what was on the uh, TV at, at you know growing up. I didn't grow up you know watching a football team or anything like that. So I was not at all into American football. Not into you know I wasn't into basketball until I. I lived in Oklahoma City, um, or anything like that. And that's and you're from Oklahoma, Joe. I'm, we should know yeah, that. So, yeah, I am from Oklahoma. I'm, I'm from a little which town. I think adds some context to the whole. You didn't grow up watching football, which is kind of strange for. Uh, I'm from Texas, and and obviously it's pretty strange <laughs> for people of our you know young men of our generation to not have grown up being forced to watch uh, American football. Yeah, I didn't, and I'm, I'm st- I still don't watch it. I mean, we're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. I don't know anything about those teams. I mean, I I weigh in on our group text just to kind of. Uh, just to kind of be a, uh, a jerk off to everybody, but I, I have no idea what's going on. I have nothing invested in it. So I, I, I grew up weird watching, you know, my mom was into boxing um, and my dad was into tennis. And so there was these kind of, um, you know, singular, uh, you know, uh, individual sports, essentially. Yeah. Um, and, and so what's weird about this is I had a a uh, an English tennis coach. We we practiced tennis at this tennis club, and there was this loud, brash English guy named Jack who was the tennis pro <laughs> at this tennis club. This dude was hilarious. He just was like, just everything English, British. Just the jokes, the humor. He listened to. I remember going to tournaments with him, and we would. He would. He drove this. Uh, Ford Taurus, and we would uh, jam UB40 um, (laughs) driving to these tennis tournaments. Um, And he was just a total character um, in this little town that I grew up in, the little oil town in Oklahoma at this, you know, kind of rinky-dink tennis club. But he was awesome. What what was the town, Joe? Just just, uh, uh, Bartlesville, Bartlesville, Oklahoma, near near Tulsa. Um, And so uh, he talked about soccer all the time. Uh, football all the time. Um, And, uh, you know, he was obsessed with it. He talked about it all the time. None of us knew this. Everybody, you know, we played American soccer. It it didn't really enter our radar. But I remember (laughs) – so the name of the game was, uh, you know, um, his job was to teach us tennis and to sort of babysit us um, after after school. This was, uh, you know, middle school for me, sixth, seventh grade. Uh, what, what years are we looking at? Man, here? we are looking at probably 92, 93. Um, okay. You know, real peak, you know, annoying. This would be the worst age to have a bunch of 13 year old uh, you know, kids. <laughs> the, the bus would drop us off and we would play tennis with this coach. Um, and yeah. so half of it was him hitting us with tennis balls and yelling at us and 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 cursing at us. Um, but I just so we were in a pretty big quest to just annoy uh, this tennis coach all the time, Jack. His name was Jack. So yeah. we were trying to annoy Jack nearly all the time. And I remember uh, coming in to play tennis one day and hearing him on the phone. This is, you know, before cell phones. He was on the club phone in the back in the tennis pro's office just screaming at somebody about football. And he was I, – I don't even know what team he followed. I don't know what he had invested in it, but he was furious um, about about – uh, the Spurs about Tottenham 
And that was all you could hear coming out of that back room. Tottenham, Tottenham this. Just, you know, heated. Like he was like somebody had they had an appointment, uh, standing <laughs> appointment to just scream about football. And, and this was just all rage, Tottenham focused rage coming from yeah. this guy. So, you know, something uh, you would come to learn quite a bit about, I imagine. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so at that point, um, you know, it was pretty well decided that um, we were going to bring Tottenham up all the time, uh, bring yeah. the Spurs up all the time just to annoy him. We had no idea about this team. We had no idea what was going on. Um, we didn't have whatever TV package would pick up the, these games. I don't uh, even know. Yeah, back then, I, I feel like it was probably one game on a month at three in the morning on tape delay or something like that. But Jack had, like, tapes. He had, like, football tapes, like VHS tapes that he would play wow. on, like, one of those little VCR TV combos back in the office. He would have those just kind of running. Um, and so, you know, we would give him grief about Tottenham because it seemed to make him mad, and that was pretty funny. Um, so, you know, that just sort of sticks in your head. Um, and then later is, you know, um, I'm starting to pay attention to um, – you know, English football more and more. And I have friends like you, um, Rob, and, and others that are following it. You know, I just was like, I'm I'm just keeping an eye on this team um, all the time, just because it was the, one, the only one I really knew anything about. Um, it was the only yeah. one I'd really heard anything about, except for, you know, of course, uh, the big annoying teams that uh, you can't get away from. Um, right. But really the only, um, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So th- it was just a, just a name, really, for a long time. Um, yeah, but then you just start sort of paying attention to it and 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 um, kind of following it. And I, you know, I started really watching it. Um, I would say probably 2012, 2013. That's when mm-hmm. I really started um, watching it and becoming a fan. Um, you know, it helps that I was able to find some like-minded people that like to drink and watch it. So. Um, <laughs> That's what we did. There, uh, Oklahoma City, uh, where I spent most of my adult life, actually had a um, a Spurs club, uh, yeah. which was fun, and a good bar to go to. And, uh, yeah, picked it up there. When I moved to Washington, D.C. a few years ago, I got in with the um, Spurs Club of D.C., at least for, you know, season um, <laughs> before, uh, <laughs> before the uh, congestion of the pandemic hit. And it right. uh, messed uh, messed everything up, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to finding this group of people here um, in uh, in Denver. I've already, you know, at the place I work now, we've, we've I've already stumbled across somebody that here that that, that watches Spurs. So it's it's been fun, um, but you know, fun I guess relatively. It's also been miserable. Uh, I should <laughs> I should have picked a winner. Um, oh, I say that all the time yeah. to myself. But I also, I don't know. It's, I've made the, I've made the joke several times that I wish there Everton has made me wish over the years that I could eternal sunshine, the spotless mind, uh-huh. <laughs> my memory of them. Yeah. Uh, and yet, and yet, uh, I don't know. And I say this knowing that some of our friends who support some of the Let's just be honest. Kind of front running sides yeah. might hear this. All of our friends are I've, complete yeah. front runners. Uh, yeah, for all that stuff. And <laughs> let's it's... let's be honest. Like how 
what does it feel like to wake up every day and wake up every Saturday and feel like, oh, are, my team's – it's just how much my team's going to win by. I, 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 don't, I don't find there to be anything that interesting about liking – like, and this is not unique to this sport, obviously. There are people who just follow those teams. Now, follow the teams that have – especially younger people will follow whatever team LeBron is on or, or what have you. I, right. I, I don't know. I, I just I, – I don't. I'm not trying to say that we're better people, Joe, yeah. because we support teams no, that make it. us occasionally um, miserable. But I think we might be. Look, our our friends don't have any connection to this stuff. It's not like we're, we're from England <laughs> and we have some right. like connection to like, oh, I grew up here or my dad right. was here. You, you, we, we picked these teams for for yeah. some reason or another, and to to pick to decide that I'm a you know Man City or Liverpool fan out of you know just thin air i cannot i'm simultaneously jealous of it because i i want to know what that feeling is like but i don't i don't understand what it's like i mean what do you just it's just fist bumps um yeah uh, you know about how awesome things are i I just i don't maybe it's just so unrelatable um yeah that i can't imagine what it's like Uh, one thing i when i moved to dc uh, we were like a block and a half from a great bar, and I was psyched. And um, it seemed like, like the type of people that would maybe have that have uh, Premier League on um, on Saturday and Sunday, and it was a Liverpool bar, which mm. was a nightmare. And uh, it was the most unfun group of people. I've ever been around <laughs> in my entire life. Well, um, you are you are obviously pandering to this audience, Joe. I, I and I'm I am totally on board with that. <laughs> but just you know, uh, d- dismal. I, I mean, just I, um, I don't know. Just it's there's just no no joy because it didn't seem real or something. I don't know. They creep me out. They have they have tried. Well, that particular fan base is one that has tried to kind of have it both ways. They. They were so dominant last season, and they just, you know, they just burned through everyone. They they want to be both the greatest, you know, their fans want to support what they consider to be the greatest team there is, while at the same time, while concurrently also being somehow the underdog and also we don't have as much money as man city or we don't okay. uh that the that that they somehow think that there's a conspiracy against them even though I, like there was a there was a uh thing that came out was it 30 oh god it was some article that came out on the athletic after they won the title called uh 30 years of pain or something like Get that that re- out of here yeah, yeah, that referenced or twenty five years of pain or whatever it was. Uh, I've, I'm totally blanking right now. Oh my god! And I'm thinking you won the fucking Champions League yeah. in two thousand five. I yeah. mean, what? like I, I, I just don't, I don't understand They're that. Like perennial like, top tier. I, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, it's been a long time since they won a league title. But anyway, I don't want to get into to them, and no. I don't think about them. But you're right. Like it's. There's something about I think you nailed something that's really interesting because I, I'm painfully aware. Uh, well, it's not really painful, but you know, I have these conversations with these dudes every week 
uh, who are not only from there, there being, you know, Liverpool or the Northwest of England or right. whatever, but they're, they're, they're born into it. Yes, their right. fathers, their fathers, yeah. fathers, whatever, their families for hundred years have been into Everton. Right. So on, on the one hand, they, they, I think, are cool with me because they can tell that I really must be in this because I've been willing to choose this misery (laughs) on some level. Yep. But, but B, I also think, I I think that they um, always, they always view American supporters of any side in the premier league with a heavy dose of skepticism as they probably should. You should. Um, But I, I always try to point out, I always like say, Hey, I, agree with that premise but i've chosen everton you know i didn't choose united i didn't choose city or chelsea uh which just to your point we have like like four friends that are the exact thing they're talking about i get it i totally yeah yeah um it's it's a weird thing i don't know i mean that bar with the liverpool guys we won't belabor it but it felt like you're you know there's like car guys and then there's car show guys you know this felt like you were at a car show with car show guys and it's just a bunch of rich assholes looking at each other and like <laughs> like like being proud of themselves with other guys being proud of them it's weird i you yeah. know what i mean it's not like a you're not a car guy you're a car <laughs> show guy it, that's what it felt like it was like i don't know there's not it was I don't know, nothing yeah and meanwhile it's a great analogy yeah i, like I you know, whatever. Um, I'm sure they've got a fun fan base doing something fun yeah. sometime. But, um, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> Jesus, it's it's it was it was bad, and just no, eh, no irreverent joy um, for many of yeah. those people. Yeah, I think that's the other thing too. Is that for as much as there is this sort of. Um, self you know bordering on self-righteous uh badge of honor that you wear supporting a club that is not the top of the top tier that are maybe like right below that and are trying to get get either get back to that level or get to that level um i think that i think the thing that i found to be the most refreshing that i've found to be most endearing i guess about it is that I feel like I'm able to take joy in a wider range of, of things and mm. happenings, meaning like, you know, yesterday uh, Everton played at Old Trafford against United. Uh, they were really fortunate to only be down two nil at half, then somehow scored two goals in like three or four minutes. And then subsequently re- went right back down three, two and really didn't have any argument for, getting anything out of that game and then they score like in the last breath of stoppage time to win to i i almost said to win three three but that's the thing is that like you live in that momentum yes the moments of just like you can find moments of joy getting a draw that you shouldn't have got or you can find moments in a great goal, even when the rest of the, you know, your team didn't play great, like, or you can find joy in the humorous banter of it all. Whereas there are subsets of fans out there who support certain clubs who they're just miserable all the time because the only thing that matters is 
winning winning and not that winning isn't important but it's become the only thing and it just becomes i i it feels kind of empty you know Mm -hmm. And, and i at least i at least in supporting a side that has tragic comedy if you will very much embedded in it uh it's made me sad but at least usually i'm able to laugh about it later if that makes sense and and there's a reason that a term like it's very spursy is a term right <laughs> yeah well yes i mean it's it's it seems poetic to like you know be in love with this miserable team and you know feel like you're a true true supporter of it so i i recognize that that's probably uh probably annoying to some, <laughs> to somebody else too but look i you know i with spurs and everton i you know there's enough flashes of um brilliance um that it really sucks you in um and you just yeah. spend your days thinking about what could happen if they string this together string enough of those moments together um to pull it off because you know when they're doing their best it's it's really it's you know magic um, and that's, yeah. you know, that's the Spursian misery. Um, it's just not being able to string this stuff together. And then, you know, I, everybody looks at them, uh, depending on what part of the season that they're in and, 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 um, you know, infuses them with all this frustrating talk about, oh, well, you know, they're, t- you know, four games in and we're already seeing, the, are they going to challenge for the title? Um, yeah. you know, headlines and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you don't get that without seeing flashes of, 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 you know, real, real, real magic, but, um, yeah, never happens. <laughs> well, I, it was funny on my way up, uh, I'm recording from home as I do almost everything from home right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was on my way up to uh my office to to start this with you and i told my wife uh i told mandy my my wife uh who joe knows very well i said hey i'm i'm about to go do uh, a podcast with joe she's like oh that'll be fun what are you guys going to talk about and i said well (laughs) i said his i said uh his his team's playing my team this wednesday she's like oh so so soccer then. Oh. okay and then <laughs> immediately her. just totally lost this yeah. lost interest and then i thought well i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to talk to joe about soccer and he may feel uh, you know feel uh the same way if we get too much into how spurs are playing right now and jose and all that but i i do want to say two things uh, as we start i because i caught myself just doing it um or one thing before we start i caught myself just doing it now um when i talk to other other americans the word soccer uh will sometimes be used and uh, or just slip out and that's because that's the word we yeah. all mm-hmm. use growing up and when i talk to uh english people about this game i call it football but i'm sure soccer might slip out every once in a while so if we say soccer and some of you are getting annoyed just it's it's okay it's just yeah. we're americans we're doing the best we can we just, are doing it yeah you know, everybody grew us, up playing soccer we called it soccer um you yeah. know it's also reached <laughs> you know weird cultural meme level with soccer moms and you know uh, yeah. all sorts of stuff here um stateside so um 
Yeah. And if you grew up where Joe grew up and and I grew up, you would understand that the word football has, um, you know, traditionally means one very (laughs) distinct thing. (laughs) But um, yeah, no, I just wanted to throw that out there. But no, Joe, I knew I knew that in coming, uh, having you come on that uh, and, and that's really it's really random how we all kind of stumble upon following these different sides and um you know i've told you mine before about how like the ocu soccer coach is the brother of uh his name is brian harvey he's the brother of this legend at everton uh named colin harvey oh, who yeah was that's right this that's big, weird there's like a statue of him outside of goodison it's so great but anyway um we all have these really random reasons we come to it but i i have found over the years that um you know if you may have these random reasons for coming to support a side like this, but oftentimes it ends up becoming these really the, the kind of the weird characters associated with the club that really kind of keep you into it, even when things aren't always as good as you'd like them to be. And I've probably thought uh, since I first saw him while watching the premier league that uh, there's, there are few greater, I don't know if it's like wrestling boss villain types or what have you quite like Jose Mourinho for the premier league. And so I wanted to start there because there's this, this idea that, or this theory of course, now that, that in like year three of wherever Mourinho is, that's when things start kind of, you know, going down and everyone starts getting miserable, but Oh, Either way, he's he's a, he's a he can be a giant prick, but like I miss him when he's not in the sport because his press conferences, his smarmy answers yeah. to things, his ego that is completely outsized. Like I enjoy the spectacle, but I also don't know what it's like for him to manage my club. So I wanted to ask you just first and foremost before we get into Spurs in in twenty 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 one. How are you feeling about the Jose experience? Not good. What do you think of him? Ungood. Okay, tell me about it. Okay. Go Look, for it. I, yeah, I, I thought you were going to say, I, you know, I'm not, uh, I haven't paid too much. I mean, obviously he's a fixture and you're like you said, a little bit of a villain and it's certainly a character in the sport, but I, I don't know that much about him or his, you know, dynamics on timing. So I thought you were going to say that, he, um, you know, after year three, things start looking better. Um, <laughs> um, so... That's disappointing. But look, I, I don't know. I don't it's not going well um, in, in typical Spursian fashion. You know, he's he's a winning, uh, you know, he's won. He's led teams to win. Um, so he's definitely capable of it. Um, and again, there's flashes of that on on Spurs. But it just I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't like the dynamic. Um I mean, I, I'm all for a brash jerk uh, mixing it up at press conferences. I'm into that. Um, but yeah. some of the weird stuff that you hear about, like kind of at, at, you know, at practice and stuff is weird. He seems to have weird conflicts. That's weird subline stuff. Like, it, it, like I don't know. It's weird when, you, when like, it's a headline that um, Marino's, you know, had a heart-to-heart with. Deli Alley or something. It's it's a it's a weird headline. Like we fixed it after having this kind of man to man chat. It's just it's weird. It's a weird dynamic for a team that needs to get busy, in my opinion, and be aggressive and and needs a coach 
to, to help him get there. I, it, it's weird when you start seeing those headlines. So I, I don't like it. I'm not a fan. I wasn't a fan at the idea of it. And then, you know, people try to sell you on it, um, given his history. But I don't think it's going well. I don't, I don't see it going well. Well, what is it you like a lot of times the criticism of Mourinho, even if you can kind of get beyond the histrionics of it all, is that <laughs> the way he plays, the way that he sets his teams up is kind of a dry, boring way to watch football. And I don't know if I don't know, because you've been watching Spurs week in and week out longer, um, how you feel about how they look while playing under Pochettino versus Jose, if it's something that you feel like is fundamentally different. I mean, Harry Kane is probably, he still looks pretty, you know, great whenever he's on the pitch. It's like he and Son basically seem to, to carry a lot of the, the, the weight there, but they also just will go through these periods. Like, I mean, we're recording on Sunday. They won earlier today against West mm -hmm. Brom, but you know, it's like zero, zero at halftime and West Brom's awful. And Spurs yeah. can just go through these periods where they can't score at all. And it's a very, it can be kind of tedious. It feels like it can be tedious to watch. And I say that as someone who has watched a lot of tedious looking football over the years. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> it is tedious to watch. You, you watch it and you, and you feel, I feel like um, we've got players out there that seem a little rudderless and, and, and it's like a team of individual players that aren't coming together um, together. And, you know, uh, Kane is preeminent. Uh, you know, if he's right. healthy and out there playing well, there's not a lot of good answers for him. I, I mean, he's he's a real leader. Um, he's um, uh, when he's out there, you know, and and playing well and healthy and and rested, you know, things seem to gel better because he's just so dominant. Um, and and he plays well with Son. I think that that's a good combination there. Uh, but you really see that uh, see it. Uh, it doesn't seem cohesive at all when when Kane's out. Um, mm -hmm. it, you really just see a bunch of players, um, and you know it seems to be that's uh, Marino's style. I, it seems like he likes that. He he wants the players to have um, to have these answers, especially you know uh, up front uh, on 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 you know, uh, in the attacking positions and in the, in the, in the scoring positions, he seems to want them to, um, bring him that answer and, you know, generate it. But I, I think they could use somebody helping that, helping with that, especially if Kane, Mr. Ankles is, yeah. <laughs> is, uh, is, is not going to be, um, out there all the time. And, and, you know, then we get the weird sub, a sub story with, with Bale you know, if mm -hmm. you know, is 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 Bale going to be a good? What is Bale doing there? I don't. He's I, it, fiddling around with his calf. I don't know. He's also got a weird <laughs> dynamic with Mo. That um, is also weird, and everyone, you know, what play him? You know, he's got a you know weird. Uh, he does have a calf injury, um, but um, there also was a weird Marino dynamic. So I yeah. I don't know what that is, um, but it seems like with Son. Kane, a bail that would be impenetrable. Uh, you know, I, I or well, not what, bail as he is now. Maybe I mean I don't know if bail is. I, it seems yeah. like he might be kind of past it at this point. The idea is there though. I mean, right. you know, and and uh, you know, I've 
I think Hoiberg's been pretty good this season. Yeah. I think that they <sighs> Loris, I generally rate as being pretty good, but they will go through these periods where they are, you know, they're winning games one nil or two one or what have you, and then they just fall off for a few games. But I, I suppose what's interesting this season too is that for you know, all of the kind of frustration of them at times. This is such a weirdly wide open league this year. I don't know if it's just because COVID and no crowds and road games. Like right now, I think they, that they're the road team has a better record right now than home games in all the matches played this season in the league. It's a weird league. Like Spurs are, you know, they're 36 points and they're only, you know, four points off of fourth place. And so it feels sometimes like all of the side and Everton's had this, this season too, where they lose a few games in a row and you start to doubt, uh, you start to doubt that there's really anything in this, but it only seems to take one win or a couple wins. And suddenly you're, yeah. you're right back up there. But there's again. just no time um, in the season. It's too compressed. It's too congested. There's yeah. just not enough time to, to have this big underdog thread you know, pick up. I, we got, I mean, you got to get busy. I just, there's just not yeah. enough in a normal, uh, in a normal season, I would, I would be more hopeful um, because yeah, you could string, you know, that ebb, you know, maybe that tide would come back and it, you know, you'd have enough, enough space and time to build, but I just don't think we have it with, with how, limited this season is but it's also weird you get what you get it's weird to just put an asterisk on it and be like well yeah. it doesn't count this whole season because um you know because of the, the covid asterisk um oh i won't say that everton are actually competitive this season so i'm gonna totally validate the season as being worth it i yeah. mean as weird as, as it you is, should it's you know it's still I, and i don't know man maybe it's one of those things where this is the ultimate experiment of what would happen if you totally took crowds out of the equation, which of course crowds are a big part of what make the live sport so great. But at the same yeah. time, in terms of just pure competition, it does feel like every game is a neutral site game. And it's so weird what happened to Spurs too. They just opened this gorgeous new stadium that they spent ungodly amounts of money on. And they had like the fucking, they apparently have this like beer pavilion that, that, rivals an austin city limits festival or something oh, man, like that i know i mean it's just so and then no one can go to the games it's no but just, yeah it's so it's such a bizarre such a bizarre season to watch yeah yeah i know and this was allegedly the year that i was gonna go um yeah you know, that i was gonna make this trip um so again i hate to put a covid asterisk on everything but uh yeah, I don't know. It's disappointing and frustrating. It just it feels like um you know, like Marino wants especially in the attacking players just, you know, these you know, ground up, you know, leaders to to be dominant and to be have this like nimble improvisational kind of flexibility with their playing style. Um, and he wants to be sort of hands off on, on that part of the field. And uh, I just don't think it's, it's working. I just see, mm -hmm. and, and it's amplified most dramatically when Kane is, is out on, you right. know, on injury. It's just, it, it seems a lot more rudderless. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know if that's a, it seems like it's a Mo thing. 
uh, Marino thing. It seems it seems that way, but I guess it's possible that you know that, that there's not a it's it's a failing for somebody else not stepping up um, to that um, to, to to fill those shoes when Kane's out. But it is yeah. worrisome because um, Kane seems a little brittle lately with um, mm-hmm. um, with with the ankles. See, yeah, there's always the question of what what is an injury prone player. Right. Um, it seems like you can with Kane probably explain away. Well, this is a unique circumstance as to why this injury happened and then this one. But if it happens enough times, then right, you know, at a certain point, you have to ask certain questions. I I think though that it feels like if Kane is there, I think there's some. I feel like I hear these jokes about uh cane ball essentially mm-hmm. you know if Kane is there they play everything kind of through him and they they seem to be able to make some hay if he's not there they just seem to have no idea what they what they can do and and it and it ends up being pretty dry um as far as as far as your expectations and and look we're we're going into this match on Wednesday I don't know how much you have been uh, I guess if you're following me on Twitter, which you know you are, you're probably somewhat following uh, Everton's season. I don't know if you have a sense of, given kind of the weird flux nature of how, or kind of influx nature of the league table and the fact that any, you know, there are at least in theory six or seven teams that are still in it for either the title or top four or what have you. Um, I don't know what you view to be the expectation this season. I think for most Everton fans, they would, as much as I think top four is a real possibility, I think what we really want is a trophy because we haven't won anything in 20 some, you know, 25 plus years. Um, so I think the FA Cup, you know, match on Wednesday is probably, I, I that's what I don't have a sense of w- with Spurs this season. Do they, are they taking the FA Cup run seriously, do you think? Um, or is it one of those things where, like today, Harry Kane came back, he played really well, he scored a goal, uh, but he's just coming back from this injury. Is this the kind of game that they just say on Wednesday, uh, we're going to rest some guys? Or, or do they say, no, this is a chance to win a trophy this season because it doesn't look like Spurs are probably going to have a chance to win the league? Uh, what, what, are, what are your expectations and maybe kind of getting back to Jose, what is the minimum amount Spurs need to do this season for you as a fan mm. for you to consider keeping wanting to keep him around? Um, my expectations, geez, I, I don't know what I expect. I, I, I don't think I don't think we're going to be top four <laughs> uh, yeah. EPL. Um, I would I would I mean, I would hope um, that Marino would would push through some fatigue on his players and try to get 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 something out of FA. Um mm-hmm. that would please me. I think that would be good. Um I mean, I feel like that would be good for the team and the players, but I I don't know what that tactical uh thought is. I don't I don't know. I I don't I mean, I I certainly get some sense that it's it's not um not the primary thing that that mm-hmm. that that this team or a lot of teams want, but I would welcome a trophy. And um, as far as well, sure, Joe, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, everyone's tired. Uh, I think the fatigue is real. I think it's <clears throat> magnified on Spurs because we lean on 
some of the uh, a handful of individual players to really uh, we really really lean on them. So um, I would hope to they would push through, try to you know go full court uh, press on um, uh, with the Everton game and push through. Uh, but I just don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm. <sighs> I was done with Marino when he started. I'm, I'm so dejected by it. Did you get it. sucked in? Did you get sucked into the hype? <laughs> I don't know. I was a, you know, I was a Pochettino fan. I, I, I liked him. I didn't. That whole thing was weird. I didn't, didn't love that. Um, yeah. I mean, they can make whatever change they want. Levy can make whatever change he wants. But I thought that was weird. Um, I thought the team played more like a team than, um, I guess. I, I'm I'm not I'm not on I'm not an ally with uh, Marino on this. So, um, do I think it's a good time to find you know go a different direction? I don't know. I mean that seems disruptive too. I mean it's like changing it you know changing people out that often. I don't know. I, it seems like a precarious. Probably be expensive, I imagine too. At this point, seems like a, a money suck, um, and it seems disruptive. So I'm not sure I welcome mm-hmm. the distraction for that. And I'm not sure I know what we need. Um, mm-hmm. And it depends. I guess if somebody, if there was another really good option that, that I could get excited about, I might think think differently. But mm-hmm. not on Mo's side, not a Marino fan. Uh, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a skeptic for sure. Um, yeah. But he could change my mind. And I'll admit it so- if, he, if he does. Yeah, no, that's fine. I think that's the thing with him. And, you know, we had another friend of ours who uh, was a United fan and it feels like you're, you're kind of on this roller coaster with him where you're ready to get rid of him. And then they go on a nice little run for a bit and you're like, okay, maybe this guy knows what he's doing. And, you know, it's just, it's all about whether you can kind of pull out of that. Um, I, you know, I think Spurs are still kind of, I think they're in it in terms of, of the top four still just because, I'm not convinced that beyond city and United that there are, I mean, Lester's having a pretty good season, like ever West Hammer having a surprisingly good season. Everton are having a surprisingly good season, but I don't know that any of them are just kind of rock solid for those top four for champions league. So I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if you, if Spurs finish outside of the top six, then there could be real, real, real problems at that point, but I don't know. I just, I sometimes just more wonder beyond just the X's and O's of it. If it's been fun this season, watching Spurs in the way that you thought it would be. No, it hasn't been. Um, no, it hasn't been fun. Last season was more fun. Um, and again, it's hard, hard to know without the COVID asterisk. Um, but it's less fun this time. Um, look, yeah. I, I think Marino could be fun. I, again, he, I'm predisposed to like a lot of what he, he is, um, he's an asshole. Um, he's kind of yeah. erratic. I'm into it. I, I like it. That's I, the most fun part of him for yeah. me, at least. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, it's not a personality thing. I, I, I'm into it. He, he, you know, he's a crafty, uh, um, you know, weird jerk. Um, and I'm into yeah. it. I like, I like, I like that dynamic. So, um, he just had, you know, I just don't know if that's, if, if he's the answer. Um, but no, yeah. um, yeah, if he's not. Man, if we're out of the top six, I I gotta think. I mean, I, I would have to think that they would start considering a change seriously. Um, yeah. That would be bad. Um, I mean, bad for 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 Marino. Um, yeah. 
It'd be bad for Spurs too. Oh, it would be bad for Spurs for sure. (laughs) Um, Yes, absolutely. I'm just trying to think about his future here. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it just hasn't. I haven't seen his answer yet, and um, it just it seems like two hands off on the front front line. Yeah. Um, I just I feel like they need more coaching, more leadership. Uh, They need a plan, especially when Kane's out. Yeah. Do you feel like they've spent enough money? Do you feel like they have enough of enough of what you would consider to be the kind of talent that they need to compete? I mean, I, I think you watch, if you watch city players, something like that, you can kind of feel hopeless because you're looking at a team that every, every player seems like they cost 40 or 50 million, but there's I, always this argument. I always hear that Spurs, that Spurs fans feel like they don't maybe not quite enough money is spent on the players they've got. I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't know how you feel yeah, about that. Um, I don't know. I, I think they could. Yeah. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, sure. I think they could. I don't think they're way off. I'm, I'm in favor of them spending more. You know, we've got some backbench young players that seem good. Um, I, and I don't, I haven't looked at their play time. It, it seems like they're not getting much. And that, again, that could be just abbreviated season uh, kind of stuff. And that could be, that could be league wide, um, but I think we've got some. Yeah, I, I'm in favor of them spending more. I don't think it's a spending problem though. Um, yeah. At least on the player side, um, I, I don't think we can buy our way out of some of these problems. Yeah. Well, and we've <laughs> Everton have certainly discovered that over the years with some of the weird, weird financial decisions. Uh, sometimes I I think the reason that there's somewhat many questions, for instance, about Jose is. Be, because I, and I probably have noticed this now more over the last couple seasons than I ever really fully understood before, but having a great manager means a lot. And I mean, having a manager that, that knows how to, to kind of philosophically get you through things, uh, but also to kind of have players to take on his personality, I think is important. And it just all depends on you know, the Jose personality can be one that it's great. It's great to have that sort of arrogance when things are going well, but it's a lot tougher when, when things are going poorly. So no, I, I, I get that part for sure. Yeah. I mean, after, Um, after the, uh, you know, after the Pochettino stuff, um, you know, I admit, I I don't normally get sucked in by this, but you know, Spurs released this slew of kind of phony behind, you know, back, uh, you know, practice promo, you know, reels and stuff where they would just demo for um, the cameras and stuff like that. And he seemed, you know, Mourinho seemed, I don't know, I got sucked in a little bit on that. Mm. I'll admit it. I mean, that was, I, I it just, the, the he seemed chummy. They seemed to be getting along. I, I don't mm. know. And again, this is just, it's total PR flack from the team. It's meant to suck you in, but I admit getting yeah. sucked in initially, um, did you watch that All or Nothing yes, series yes. on Prime? How was that? Was that did that get you sucked yes, in? Because everyone I ever talked so to about effective. those All or Nothings, yeah, yeah. that they it, really suck you into that yes. team and that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. They completely do. It's like um, you know, watching a fight preview. Um, you know, the hour long, um, you know, boxing preview that they'll run. It's just you're completely immersed in everything. And, you know, with, the, with with Spurs, they get the new. You know, it's just drone shots of the new stadium, and it's just you know, <laughs> um, glass and steel everywhere, and you know, it's it's uh, everything is just you know, seems amazing and awesome. And then they release these 
you know, training videos and you're like, oh man, yeah, it's, yeah, I got completely sucked in by that. Um, and, you know, then it got weird pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly understand that. Certainly understand that. All right. How are you um, feeling about the match? How, how are you feeling? I, well, you know, it's, there's this weird, um, well, let me put it this way. I feel good about Everton this season in general. One, because, A, because I'm committed to not totally giving into my normal cynicism about them because I think that they're actually pretty good. Um, I, I think that they have shown enough quality this season to, to be taken seriously. They haven't gone into these long prolonged droughts and what have you. And so I feel pretty good. But on the other hand, um, there's this almost this ever, there's this meme out there uh, called here comes Everton, which is basically this idea that you can have a team that is just flailing or they're being, you know, they're playing really poorly or what have you, but then they play Everton and it's like the tonic that, that cures all their problems. And, we're talking right now about an Everton side that are scoring goals. They're generally speaking, uh, bar the game on Saturday where it was a six goal weird game against United, but United's got great attacking players. They've been really good defensively overall, uh, despite those things. And I, it, it's one of those things where I, I, I think on current form and all these other things, Everton should feel pretty good about their chances against the Spurs team that is having trouble scoring goals right now is a little it, it, times can be kind of flat and what have you. But at the same time, it, it is Everton have weirdly been kind of average to blow average at home this season. And, and again, home and away are weird constructs in a season where there's no fans. And I, I understand that, but they, Spurs are still going to be bringing in a lot of really good players. Um, I think that's why I asked about mm. the idea of do Spurs use the midweek to rest these rest a bunch of guys and play young players? Do they try and play Kane on short rest despite coming back from injury? And, and that's why I don't know exactly how to feel about it. But in general, right now, I'd rather be Everton than Spurs if the mm. game's at Goodison. I'd rather be Everton just because they're – they have a better position in the league right now. Um, I, but I also am very cognizant of Everton doing an Everton. Is there um, any, so... any worry that they're going to hold back or Carlos is going to hold them back a little bit just looking at that schedule? Well, uh, you know, the reason, no, <laughs> no. Um, and again, it's different if you're a Chelsea or a City or a United. Like if you've won trophies on a relatively consistent, or Arsenal, you've won you know trophies on a relatively consistent basis. I think that there's this sense of urgency that can complicate matters in a season like this because you're right. Like there might be a, a an argument, especially if they weren't playing Spurs. Like they're playing some lower table or or championship side in the FA cup, they might rest some players to have them fresher for the weekend, but there is a real urgency to win a trophy uh, when you haven't won one in a generation. (laughs) So I I think that, that no, I think he will play probably his relatively strongest 11 and and we'll see how it goes. And they've got the extra day they play, they play Fulham on Sunday. So they, it's not a, 
not a, gr- a long amount of rust, but Wednesday to Sunday is not as bad as it could be. And it's mm. it's home home to Fulham and, you know, it's still Fulham. But those are the kinds of games like Everton have lost two games at Newcastle this season and Newcastle suck. And I, I yeah. don't know. That's that's the thing is Everton are very capable of 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 winning games against the top six this season uh, or kind of the normal big six teams that, that you know, they won the home. They won Spurs home opener this season at the beginning. Uh, they, they've, you know, I think they would have some relative confidence against Spurs, but they're also just cap- as capable of laying an egg. And I think that that's the, I think that's where a lot of, uh, a lot of fans are still trying to kind of figure out uh, how they feel about Everton this season. Because if you look at the table, it's pretty good. If you, but if you consider the short and recent history, it's it's hard to just believe in that. And, you know, I imagine being a Spurs fan, you've you've felt very close at times, uh, you know, making it obviously to the Champions League final not that long ago and, uh, yeah, you know, getting close to winning trophies. And it's been a while for Spurs since they've won anything as well. And so, I mean, I imagine there's probably, you know, a somewhat similar pressure, uh, but I don't know if it's the same for the Cup or not, depending on where they feel like they've got to get in the league. Um, okay. I want to turn away Joe from, um, I want to turn away from football, soccer, all that shit right now, um, for a bit and just kind of end on uh, a question that I tend to ask people when I get them on here. Um, either it's the kick, kick about or long, long con. Um, I do generally like to ask this question, uh, because right now we are so limited in our lives to what is on our screens in front of us. So, uh, Joe, whether it is a television series or a documentary or a movie, what are you watching right now that I should absolutely check out? If you have not watched The Expanse, you need to watch The Expanse. I am, I am in season three of The Expanse right now. It's it incredible. Is, it's incredible. It's so... Isn't it like Bezos's favorite show or something like that? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I feel like I heard that he personally, like that, that that was like, it'll be on as long as it wants. I, I feel like I read somewhere that Bezos loves. It's so. I think it was on good. sci-fi originally. And then yeah, he that's right. Brought it over to Amazon or something. Okay. Like that. Well, that makes sense. Uh, um, it's great. I, I, I can't get enough. I mean, I, um, <laughs> what's, what's the expanse about? Yeah. Try to, to try to describe in some succinct <clears throat> manner what the, what kind of show the expanse is, what it's about just generally yeah, the, the expanse uh, is layered. Yeah. It's kind of a, um, a, um, a space future based kind of political drama is sort of how I see yeah. it. Um, it's the best version of these, in my opinion, it's the most, gritty and sort of realistic you know it's got the rough around the edges um you know stuff we've got you know basically four you know uh, we've got earth uh the moon mars and then these people that live in the asteroid belt called belters and it's about they all you know are trying to live and work and you know get along in this uh um in this sort of tense you know, environment where they're all struggling, they're all kind of scrapping. Um, and they're at war, they're in like constant uh, war or almost war with one another. They're in constant war with one another. And then there's this sort of galvanizing event or series of events that sort of inject um, both chaos and sort of focus. 
realign sort of allegiances um, between some of these groups. Um, it, it's it's great. I, I think the characters are all really good. Um, it's got enough action and, you know, um, cool spaceships and stuff to be, um, to, you know, enough eye candy. It's just, it's, it's, it's really cool to watch. Um, I, you know, I think that's, I mean, the character's good, the plot's good, all that, but it, it's just a fun show to watch. It's, it's really immersive. The, the way yeah. they do the effects is really, I don't know, it's, it, it just brings you into it in, in a way that doesn't seem, uh, flashy, if that makes sense. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's not it does look good it does look good on a nice television though i will say it's a really oh, it beautifully, shot, beautifully, it beautifully shot, shot series <clears throat> it's, it's just it's it's really cool to watch um it's just really interesting um i think the characters are great um yeah i think i can't say enough about um about that show we also watched i've been watching this really funny show um first off um let's see um oh, that one has just escaped my mind but um um, we watched a, a good uh, British show called Love Sick. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. No, it's fantastic. Love yes. Sick was great. Uh, it was called something else originally yeah. that that was a terrible name for a show. <laughs> and it was, uh, oh, shit. What was it called? It was originally, I'm, I'm, I'm Googling this real fast. Okay. But I got real uh, kind of like in betweeners vibes from some of uh, Lovesick yes. that I really liked. We burned through that in in uh, in no time. Um, scrotal. Oh yeah, it was originally called, and I shit you not, <laughs> Scrotal Scrotal Recall. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I am totally serious. Oh man, did it air? One of when as I watched Scrotal Recall. Season, yes. Yeah, it was. It aired in Britain as Scrotal Recall, and in fact. The first season of it on Netflix was Scrotal Recall. That's amazing. The name just intrigued me, and I'm like, I'm going to watch this. And then I watched it, and I'm like, this is too, like, smart and clever. Like, it's too smart and endearing and well done of a show to have such a a ridiculous name, which they essentially admitted. They agreed, apparently. Because the premise of the show, for those who've never seen Lovesick, is this guy um, finds out he's got a sexually transmitted disease – Hence the scrotal recall thing. And then he goes back and, and, and has to track down these women that he has dated or been with over this period of time. And so the story is told through a lot of these flashbacks. And of course, he has these connections to a couple of his best friends, uh, one of whom is this woman who they've had this kind of unspoken thing. It's it's a whole like it's the it's a what, whole thing. It's but the it's great. Uh, John Cusack. What does it all mean? component of high fidelity um yes. where he rehashes these relationships and like what they've meant to him and uh but it's it's funnier and it's drama. high fidelity without like the john cusack being a, a scummy asshole That's part right. of it even though john cusack is great as scummy asshole and right. everything he does but yeah so we burned through that uh pretty quick um so yeah, that's that's what I've had the most fun with. I watched. There's a great uh, on the science fictiony. There's a great Nick Offerman um, show called Devs. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh no, yes, we saw Devs. Oh man, yes, dude. No, I think I I thought I told you about Devs. I can't remember, but no, dude. Devs was uh, Devs was the guy who did Ex Machina. That's right. Uh, wrote that and yeah. did that. Uh, Alex uh, something, but. Dude, if, if any of you have seen Ex Machina, oh, yeah. you like that kind of like uh, 
dark dystopian tech mm-hmm. warlord energy type yep. thing or you know like it, it's it's awesome and if you especially if you've ever if you've watched anything with nick offerman seeing him play this just totally dark and 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 bleak character but yet the story is great like it gets better every episode and it builds to a real crescendo and yeah i yeah, it's, highly recommend it's tense that and weird and um got weird techie uh you know, creepy technology vibes, black mirror kind of yeah, weirdness. Yeah, very black mirror. Um, yeah. But there's a more, uh, I don't know, more hooky kind of subplot to it that uh, than, yeah. than black mirror for sure. Great. Um, I have, okay. <laughs> you'll, you'll probably laugh and I don't know if I'm going to get the Joe Wirtz uh, eye roll from this, but um <laughs> I fucking love Cobra Kai, dude. If you I grew up as a kid it. in the eighties, it's so great. It's so great. It's so. What's the, it what is, is it? Little... A, what, explain it to me. Uh, so okay, where does well, it pick you've up? Seen Karate Kid. Yes, of you've course. Seen Karate yes. Kid, right? Okay. Well, you know, yeah, just making well, sure. Well, 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 I will tell you that you people, when I hear someone say that they're watching Cobra Kai but have never seen the, the Karate Kid movies, I'm like, you can't. You're you're losing the entire frame of reference for this whole thing. But basically, I don't know if you remember years ago, there was some viral uh, video that someone shot of basically this idea that if you recut certain scenes or you showed certain scenes from Karate Kid that really Daniel and Mr. Miyagi were the bullies. Yeah, they're the bullies. I remember that. And Johnny was actually the good guy. (laughs) I remember that. It's totally true. Well, What's so funny is that I think that they, and I don't know this for sure, but I feel like they took that that nugget of an idea and said, okay, what if we kind of center this around Johnny, even though Daniel becomes also like, he is the co-lead of this too, but really it starts with Johnny and it's like, um, Johnny kind of kind of essentially conveying what all this was like from his point of view and then taking these characters that were very you know like necessarily two-dimensional in a 90-minute 80s movie some just guy with a uh, dirt bike in the background yeah like like basically johnny is the i mean fucking william zabka played johnny he played the asshole boyfriend in national lampoon's european vacation oh that's right um he's been in a few things like he was the ultimate archetype of the american good-looking jock bully right but what it does is the show sort of views all of those experiences through his lens he's basically grown up to be this alcoholic and kind of a you know like he works but he's just kind of he's kind of a scum a scuzz bag you know scuzz bag or a scumball or whatever you want to call it scumbag god that's a lot of mixed uh, mixed words there but um but yet there's something about him that is endearing and there's something about him that is good, but he is this fossil from the eighties. Like he still wants to be, he still listens to eighties hair metal and he still wants to drive this type of car, but he is also like in his fifties, he has a kid that he is, you know, estranged from Uh, he's, he's trying to get by and then he gets inspired at some point when he walks by the old Cobra Kai dojo at some point, it's like, I'm going to bring this back. I'm going to build something like build a small business for myself. And it kind of goes from there. And Daniel LaRusso in the midst of all this lives in the same town, only he's this uber successful car dealer. 
And so he has to see the guy who is Ralph Macchio the in this? The... Oh no, everyone's it. Yes, Macchio and Zabka are the co-executive producers. Wow. Of this thing. They're okay. both in it, and they bring back everyone at some point. But basically, it's you know he's married, has a family, and he's he's you know and Miyagi died a while back, but they reference him throughout. But anyway, he's he's trying to he finds out about cobra kai being rebuilt and then he has all these memories of all the bullying and all the shit and he's like i gotta stop this and it's so it's kind of ham-fisty at times and a little like purposely uh over the top with some of the the fight scenes with the you know because there's kids that are part of the teenagers that are part of this but you you don't end up caring because it's so self-aware it's so self-aware of what it's trying to do with the nostalgia and the whatever but i'm telling you it's a joy to watch it's just it's uncomplicated mm, but yet I like well that. done the fucking music is great in it i can't recommend it enough um what's what oh service is that on netflix netflix it's on netflix okay. all right yeah well, I it's got just that. on netflix all right you sold um, it i i don't know why i was hesitant I, I guess i just didn't get the premise or something that, that sounds hilarious yeah. It's it is it's very funny at times and it's very it ha- it has heart but it's also it doesn't take itself too seriously which is the best part of the whole thing it's great um, and I've been doing a rewatch of Boardwalk Empire mm. um, which is this is the first time I've ever done a rewatch of this particular show and how is it it's well it's so it's great it's it's one i feel like some of the truly great shows are better the second time around when absolutely you're binging them and and or you are not kind of waiting week to week and maybe you lose some of the memory of something everything is a little more fresh and then the second time around you you focus less on the kind of ultimate outcome because you know it and you focus more on the the, the word choice and the little moments and the acting and the character development and all that, you know, just, you just enjoy it. But no, I, I, I feel like boardwalk empire is just like a slight step below the Uber golden age TV Mount Rushmore that people make out of the wire and Sopranos and Mad Men. I think it's right there. Um, it's, it's, I mean, I don't know how you can't like, it's a, it's a, it's, it's like the Marvel cinematic universe of early 20th century gangsters because mm-hmm. you have Nucky Thompson who, who's, who is uh, um, the guy is the main character and it uh, played by Steve Buscemi is based. It's a fictional name based on a real gangster in Atlantic city back then, but they then go on to use the real names of like, you know, Charlie Luciano, Lucky Luciano's big in this. Arnold Rothstein, Al Capone, like all these guys are big parts of this. And it's also really dark at times, but it's also can be funny and it's violent. And there's just way too, there's just so much gratuitous nudity and mm. sex in it that they, it's almost, it almost makes you feel like, like you don't even notice all the nipples eventually, I feel like. Uh, when you watch this show, so and the guy I mean, whether from Arca- that, Arcade whether that's Fire's a selling point or not, I don't know. What was that? The guy from Arcade Fire is also in it, <laughs> dude. Michael, what is it? Michael Pen? No, Michael Pitt is his yeah. name. <laughs> he Michael looks just Pitt. like him. He uh, has the Jimmy Darmody haircut. He does. Who we 
we also have a friend who has that uh that haircut i've seen that haircut <laughs> recently I bet you have in Colorado. I bet you have. Oh my God! Yeah, no, he's uh, he's been. Have you ever seen Boardwalk? Yeah, I saw it. I watched it. Um, yes, I've seen it. Uh, but I, that's a smart one to rewatch because I don't. I'm trying to think you back. Pick up a lot more. Pick up a lot more on that. I've rewatched Sopranos, and it's great every time. Like five times, yes. probably now. Um, yeah. And I've rewatched Wire. I didn't think Wire held up as much. I, I I think at the time I probably, I mean I really liked Wire, um, and I, you know the weird journalism thing uh, probably gives me a, a certain affinity for it too. Um, but yeah, that's that's a smart one. Boardwalk Empire would would probably be a good one to rewatch. What was the other one you said? The Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. No, as far as rewatching. Oh, uh, no, that's the only one that I'm rewatching right now. Like, I've rewatched, like, Mad Men was a great oh, Mad rewatch. Men. I need to rewatch um, Mad Men. I love Mad Men. Um, Mad Men's probably my number one. I mean, it's so, it's so well done. And again, I, I, my belief in how much I thought Mad Men was great was so reinforced on the rewatch versus hmm. the first, like, the first time it was great too, but. It's just a different, it's just a whole different thing when you can watch the whole thing together and watch several episodes at once. And you appreciate that, you know, great shows are the ones that can kind of build a universe beyond just the main character. And that's why Sopranos is so great. And, you know, The Wire is one where I love, I think it's a, it's one of those great shows that I think is incredibly well done and it's important and all those things. And I just, and I never want to watch it again. Mm. And that's not because I don't think it's great. It's just because it's heavy and it's, uh, I, I get it. And I just, I don't know that I want to see it again. Um, there, there are a lot of movies, there are movies like that or documentaries like that, that you just kind of are like, all right, you know, like my wife will watch some documentary about, you know, some child sex abuse ring or something like that. And I'm like, my God, that's so bleak. Yeah, Why do you God. watch this shit? <laughs> but I feel like the wire is kind of bleak, but so is, so is Boardwalk, I suppose, a little bit. But yeah. The wire feels more real somehow. I don't know why. Boardwalk and Mad Men. I'm going to do that. That's a, that's a good call. Uh, well, we got nothing but time, right? Nothing, nothing but time. Be, nothing but time. All right. Well, Joe, uh, man, I appreciate you coming on and just shooting the shit with me for a while. I love about- it. Uh, this um, has been fun. Whatever. It's been yeah, fun to no. see you and talk to you, and um, good luck on the match. Um, hopefully this was enough football talk. I'm not a uh, stats guy or the X's oh, and O's, like either. you said. Um, but, uh, man, I you know, and it's, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of EPL teams that are totally worth hating. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, you know, meeting on the field – aside and rivalry there aside you know Everton is a fun team to watch um and uh um I I I watch you know I'll I'll turn over and watch an Everton game um and I get that I get it's a familiar struggle and they're a fun team to watch and um I you know I can I know what it's like hanging out with Everton fans and uh it's always been a delight and I can not say the same for Liverpool fans or 
Man, Joe, you're doing a very good job. Uh, very good job uh, pandering to to me and to this this audience. I appreciate it. I would ask, you know, actually, that does bring up one one other question, Joe. I I don't know what it's like to have been friends with me on Twitter over the years hmm. because I. 90% of my Twitter following are now Everton people, as you can imagine. Mm. Uh, at least that's my rough estimate of it. But like, as someone who's been my friend and followed me on Twitter for a long time, and you're like a local, you for the long time, now Joe lives in Denver now, but he lived here in Oklahoma for a long time. And, and we saw each other all the time. But I feel like there are probably entire groups of my friends who have either muted me by now, which they, I don't blame them for yep. or have learned about Everton through just pure osmosis of just seeing as they're scrolling through, looking for celebrity gossip, cat picture, political news. And they've seen something about, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin scoring a late 90th minute. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> you're giving a little too much know? credit to, to some of your friends to think that they're paying that much attention to anything uh, beyond themselves. But no, <laughs> I don't think they're paying attention as much as they're just, it's just, it fl- if you see something, it's like advertising, you think it doesn't work, but then if you mm. see the same thing over and over, I just, it's fully your brand sorry for you now. I feel sorry for my friends who are no, not you shouldn't. following it's, me for Everton it's, reasons. It's who you are. You've always <laughs> followed them. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I'm, it was early, and big supporter of yours uh, when you were writing about this and the Echo, um, I you know I I thought that was sharp, uh, good writing. Um, I was a champion of that. I I think it's great. I think it's cool that you're. I mean, you've got you know this team has brought you friends from a, across the world um, uh, that you can connect with over this stupid sport. Um, yeah. that takes so much away <laughs> from you um, so often. I think that's great. I mean, I, that's um, I'm envious of that. I think that's a really cool thing. Um, you know, and it's, you know, nice for me to watch this stuff. I don't, you know, uh, again, I, you know, I got into Spurs and EPL, um, you know, you know, by kind of chance and um, a combination of weird, Same. weird chance and then just, you know, uh, but I, you know, not having that history and stuff with it, um, it does make you a little bit of a different fan. And we talked about that yeah. that earlier. But I think that's a nice dynamic when I watch you and the rest of the Blue Room um, guys. I mean, that's obviously relatable to me because that's me too. Um, mm-hmm. You're just the the elevated version of me. Um, so <laughs> um, should keep it up. I like it. Oh, well, thanks, man. Now, I I just, uh, I wish sometimes that, like, I think at some point I might even post in my uh, Twitter bio, like, please mute hashtag EFC so that no one sees my Everton tweets. And then that, you know, at least my friends who don't want to pay attention to any of this shit so that we can still be friends. But no, I, I appreciate that. Uh, it's It's been fun. I, I joke all the time that um, for as kind of generally uh, bad as Everton can, has been at times over the years that I've made some great friends and I've gotten to go over there a few times now. And, and it's, it's really wonderful. Uh, Joe, I would love, I, I'd love to be going with you over to England for your first, uh, first Spurs match too. I think that it is a, an incredibly unique experience. And, and once you've seen it in person, it's just, it's, there's nothing quite like it. I think, 
I mean, I'm, I'm watching tickets. I mean, I mean, we're in this weird, like, do we have our hands around this thing? Um, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. I'm going to try to hit the like peak, like if I can hit the, like, where we're not quite sure we've got our hands around this pandemic and, and, and airline ticket prices, I'm going to try to hit that <laughs> sweet spot. Hopefully here yeah. in the next month or two, and I'm just buying, you know, tickets, um, they all let you refund them now too, yeah. like or cancel really pretty liberally right now. I think, and I think the in the UK is still letting us in for whatever reason. <laughs> so you know, but the problem is they can't go to games right now. I'm just waiting for I'm waiting for the UK to kind of loosen things up in regards to surely by next year, right? Oh, surely. I this season they will probably by the end of the season. I'm I speculate that by like. April or May, you'll probably because there was a point uh, earlier in the season where they allowed it at least at ever you know for the Everton home games for at least uh, two or three of them, like two thousand fans or something like that that they allowed in. Um, I think we'll get back to some sort of limited capacity by the end of the season, but I, you know it all depends on vaccine rollout. It's been oddly, I was reading it's been faster in the UK compared to the EU. Um, it's been faster in the US as much problems as we've had like the vaccine rollout is overall i think going better here than it is in some parts of the world it just i think it just depends on a lot of factors and a lot of unknowns right now but um that's what i've missed the most i mean you know me i travel a ton and yeah um i've missed i've missed getting to go over to go back over to liverpool and see games this year and uh and just, you know, in, in addition to my normal random domestic trips. So I, I definitely am looking forward to that. But yeah, got to find some cheap tickets, get my ass over there and uh, and really uh, get to experience it again. But yeah, we'll, we'll go do that together sometime. Yeah, uh, Joe, appreciate your time, buddy. Uh, we will, uh, you know, hopefully we can do this again. And we'll uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit on Wednesday, too. Absolutely. We'll do it again. Um, I'll be texting you on Wednesday and you'll see me being miserable i'm sure on twitter <laughs> wonderful well guys uh this is of course your monthly long con we've got a ton of additional stuff coming up uh with football every 72 to 96 hours as we talked about before lots of blue room post matches uh we will have you know our weekly show the subscribers weekly uh, as well as mailbag uh, i will be doing another episode of the kickabout uh later on this week i think i'm going to do that uh, after the spur after the uh, Spurs match on Wednesday and before the the Fulham game on the weekend, uh, and we will still I'll figure out who we're gonna have on the show by then. But I am I have just about reached maximum Everton podcast uh, uh, for the last week or so, so uh, I'm gonna take a few days off. Uh, but for Joe Wirtz, uh, I'm Rob Vera. We'll see you guys again next month here on the Long Con on the Blue Room. Take care. At Baker's, we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring you food that's fresher than fresh. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Baker's. Baker's, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at bakersplus.com boost. Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.